Welcome to Her Enterprise with me, Melissa. Hey, and me, Kelly. And it's me, Nicole. Join this group of entrepreneurial women building community and masterminding through our problems. So we can all lean into your values, cut what doesn't serve you, and grow in abundance. Let's get to it, changemakers. Hey, changemakers, and thank you so much for joining us for today's Her Enterprise episode. We have Kelly here. Do you want to say hi, Kelly? Hey, hey. And then we have Nicole. And then, Nicole, please introduce our guest. Yeah, hey, everybody. It's Nicole. I am so pleased to uh, introduce Jillian Johnsfruit. She's a writer, she's a speaker, and a coach. And she's on a mission to help people custom build a lifestyle that perfectly reflects their values, passion, and purpose. Um, She can help you become financially independent, find work you love, and design your best life. So we are so excited to have Jillian here. Thank you, Jillian, for being here. Oh, man, this is a pleasure. I'm excited. Yeah, I think we all are excited. Um, I know we had that little introduction, but I, I think we wanted to start with what kind of business do you run and sort of how did you get started in business? We'd love to hear that from you. Hmm. So my business is fairly multifaceted. Like I think so many today are, especially when you get to kind of design your own, you just get to make up all the ingredients that you throw in it. But primarily I'm a content and education company Uh, through coaching, through speaking, through writing, through podcasting, through courses. I teach people, yeah, how to be good with money, how to build businesses they love, and how to have meaningful and enjoyable lives. I love that. It's sort of why we all worked with you in the first place. (laughs) Yeah, this is a delightful full circle um, podcast episode for me. That's really great. And I feel like one of the things, um, like Nicole said, is that we've all gotten to know you by working with you. And we wanted to understand because of our audience, like what are some of the actions and activities that you that you did in the beginning in those first few years of developing this business that you work in now? Yeah, I would say two things that I focused on that have had kind of the, the biggest ROI. The first was creating and sharing content. Um, cre- in the creating process, it's where I figured out what I wanted to talk about. I figured out what I was passionate about. I figured out what resonated with my audience, what was most helpful. And, and that kind of not only did it allow me to connect to my audience and find my audience, but it allowed me to find my own voice and to clarify my own thinking. Uh, and the other one was make friendships. Uh, entrepreneurship is at times a lonely, sometimes solo journey. Mm. And the people who go the farthest are the ones that go with others. They have friends, they have mentors, they have just encouragers in their life who understand what they're going through and who can kind of give a little bit of direction and insight along the journey. Um, And I would say that's probably the biggest difference between people who quit at six months versus people who get through the first two to three years and really 
kind of sort through what that business is that they want to have. I love that tip. I love um, community. And I think that's like a big thing for me to even just like start something is I need that like camaraderie to leap out. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about it. Um, and I've heard you t- mention before, like how 2008 and then this time now, there seems to be like a lot of parallels with like COVID and recessions and then like just um, like just different times of crisis and like choices we make in our personal life and professional life that can set us up for success. Um, and I know I've talked with like a lot of other business owners right now who are really uncertain, like with all the shutdowns or all the different layers of things happening. And um, were there any choices that like you made in that season that helped prepare you for growth and position you like, or, and then, or that you would just recommend overall for now in, in this season of like, so many things are changing and shifting. (laughs) So many things are changing and shifting and how, um, yeah, how can we use this as an opportunity rather than kind of freezing? Yeah. Um, I have a podcast episode about how it's so easy to get stuck at six when everything's just okay. Not great, but not horrible. It's the stickiest spot and it's the mm. hardest to create some momentum from. And one of the gifts when everything goes wrong when everything breaks down, when, you know, in 2008, 2010, people who had followed all the rules, they had done all the right things. They had gone to college, they had bought a house, they had a good job. And all of a sudden, all of that kind of betrayed them. They -hmm. lost their job. They had all of the debt they couldn't repay. They lost their homes. It gives us an opportunity in that one or two on the scale to rewrite the rules to rewrite the plan to rewrite the vision and it's not you know it's not a quick thing uh in 2008 we ended up like right pretty close to the bottom of the market we ended up pushing in a whole bunch of money into the stock market about a hundred thousand dollars which was like all of our net worth Uh, and it was terrifying in the short term like Daily wanted to vomit, kind of terrifying. (laughs) But I wasn't playing a short-term game. I was playing Mm. a long-term game. And over the last 10 years, those decisions have been extremely profitable. And I think we have that same opportunity in 2020 where a whole bunch of things went wrong. A whole bunch of things didn't go as planned. And a lot of things felt harder. To some degree, it gives us more permission to to create something that we actually want because the thing that we ended up with broke so we might as well fix it and fix it the right way Mm. wow i i really resonate with that story because i feel like i always feel like this is a bad uh mental framing for me but i feel like i need to be in crisis to improve and (laughs) i don't know if that's like a limiting belief but but I think what you said is true, you know, when you're, when everything's okay, and you're comfortable, then, th- then 
why do anything? Why change? Because you think you're still going to get to the ending anyways. You're still going to get to the goal and you don't have to put a lot of effort. Um, but when you're in a crisis or you're in a, in a hard spot, it's like, oh, I'm going to sink or I'm going to swim. And so you have, yeah. so you put a lot of energy into swimming. Um, yeah. and that, so that's really cool. I mean, that's how this podcast came to be is this crunch kind of pushed us to finally take action. Yeah. You mentioned money as a financial tool that you did putting those $100,000 of your net worth into your into the stock market. And that was a very personal financial growth. That's definitely helpful, you know, getting your own personal house in order to be in a position to launch a business. But the next step is getting those first clients and setting that initial price. But it's difficult to take that first step. Once you started to do more virtual work, how did you set that initial price? And then when you decided to increase it, what was the thought process behind that? Yeah, I started and, and this is the great opportunity of this time is everything's online. We don't have the opportunity to connect in person as much. Um, and I really started my business, that first kind of goal of creating and sharing content was to connect with an audience, to find my audience and to, you know, I found those first clients through that content, through sharing my ideas, sharing my perspective, sharing what had helped me, sharing what I was learning and what I was figuring out. Um, and I think it's sometimes we struggle with like, am I going to give away too much? And I, I, when I very first started, I heard Charlene Johnson say, everything that people pay me for, I've given away for free somewhere. Every single idea, every lesson, every tool, somewhere on the internet, I've given it away for free. It was in a podcast. It was a Facebook Live. It was an Instagram post. It was on YouTube. It was somewhere. What people are paying for when they work with me is they're paying for the exact step-by-step -step process in order with only the things they need and without everything else. So they're paying for efficiency and, simpl and simplicity. Um, and that's what you're paying for. And, you know, in my work as a coach, I would take that step further. They're paying for customization. We're going to take an idea that I've thrown out there on the internet and we're going to customize it to your exact situation. So it's even more powerful and useful. And, and so pricing, I would say first price is how or raising my price, it was always the same, um, the same framework was what is the value that I'm providing for this specific client in their specific situation? If I can get them this kind of result, how much is that worth? I think one of the mistakes we make, because we hear it so much online, like charge what you're worth, charge your value. Um, my value is very relative to me and my time. It actually isn't correlated to the people I'm helping. So instead of thinking about it as an internal, what do I think I'm worth and what value do I place on my time? What, what can I get? How can I help someone else? What can I help them accomplish? And what is that accomplishment worth? And ideally, I like to see. Um, 
the value, the ROI that I can provide, I like to see my price be about 10 to 25% of whatever that ROI is. And that's how I determine my pricing. So when I go to raise my price, they're going to have nothing to do with me or, or my time. It's, I know that because I have additional skill set or knowledge or new tools or just I have more to offer, I know that I can get that client more results. I can give them a bigger outcome that has more value or sometimes it's switching clients, which is why it's it's so um, unhelpful to think about your own personal value because the value I bring to client A is not the same value I bring to client B. And sometimes if you want to charge more, you just need better clients. <laughs> you need clients for whom that transformation is more valuable. I love that. I just heard a lot of myself in there <laughs> with, the, with the figuring out what you're worth. And wow, super helpful in trying to decide pricing. So thank you. Just sharing with us. I actually, my next question was, um, I know that you have a lot of tools and frames that you use with your clients. I know because I've been a client um, for a course and for one-on-one coaching. My question is, is there one particular tool or maybe a couple that you really feel like helps people make progress, especially thinking about our audience, that person in the very beginning of starting their business? Is there anything that really kind of helps them make bigger leaps um, while they're sort of in the trenches of the beginning? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the one that I come back to the most um, is testing and scaling. Uh, And it's because we have just this internal, I don't know, this internal framework and this desire to like go big and to have all the answers and to have it figured out and to to have this perfect plan. And we we just hope if the plan is perfect enough, we can, we'll be successful. Um, And the reality is you have to test and you have to experiment and you have to be really comfortable trying things that might not work. trying things that probably won't work, doing things and crossing them off the list. Um, And because the the largest place that people get stuck isn't isn't in failure, it's in resistance and it's in not starting. It's more time is wasted waiting for the perfect thing than was ever wasted getting out there and doing things and trying things and learning and growing and building relationships. Even if you cross stuff off the list, none of that gets wasted. I I love that answer, especially because every time I've tested something, I've learned something new and I've changed my business completely from one test before. So I really, I've taken that advice to heart. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I tend to be like a quick start and it's like where I just love to experiment and try. And I feel like, especially now it's like the, it's the time for the makers or people like to just create and make things out of nothing and like, what can people, (laughs) what do people like? Um, And it's just like such a fascinating um, area. I think, is there anything else that you've, 
you want to share for this um, this timer that you get excited about um, that you're like, oh, I love pe- telling people this, <laughs> like, or <laughs> I love, um, yeah, I love telling, yeah, where you're just like, man, if you are in that point of resistance and like, um, whether it's community and having that friendship or different things to like help people in business or is there like a theme that you're seeing in your clients right now that you feel like would be most helpful for this season? Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that, that people struggle with the most when starting a business, and this kind of goes back to the test and scale is slowly untethering themselves from this need of certainty. Um, certainty before they start. And mm-hmm. and that's the resistance I hear people say the most of, well, I'm not sure this will work. I'm not sure I'll like it. I'm not sure I'll be good at this. I'm not sure I can make money at this. I'm not sure other people want this. I'm not sure if there'll be demand. I'm not sure if my family will really support this. I'm not sure if this mm-hmm. fits into my schedule. <laughs> it's like... Confidence and clarity come in doing. Mm-hmm. There's no way to have confidence. There's no way to have clarity before you start. In high school, I used to play uh, basketball, and it was a big thing in our small town. So ever since I was in grade school, I, I wanted to play basketball. Like I aspired to be part of this group of people. There is no way to have confidence and clarity that you're good at basketball unless you play basketball. (laughs) Like unless you get out there and you try and you practice and you do the thing, you can't sit on your couch and be like, I think I would be awesome at shooting free throws. Like you just won't know it. (laughs) And I think kind of untethering yourself from that need of certainty and just embracing the fact like I'm going to keep showing up and I'm going to keep trying things and I'm going to learn and I'm going to test and I'm going to cross things off the list and in each step I take, I'm going to get that clarity of what my business is going to be and who my clients are and what work do I love and how do I help people and what kind of transformation do they experience. But you just have to start doing the thing and and kind of accept that you aren't going to actually have all the answers before you start. Um, you know, I think about it like, if you think about a map and 360 degrees, we're just trying to get like the basic direction. We're trying to get like a 90 degree angle, like north by northwest. We just just start moving in that basic direction. And in the journey, along the journey, you'll, f- you'll get more clarity. You'll get more confidence that, yeah, this is, this is exactly where I need to be going and exactly what I need to be doing. So do you think that one of the reasons most entrepreneurs are are struggling is because they think they should be getting paid earlier or because they're not giving away enough enough stuff for free before they because in the test and scale part of that right is seeing if there's a demand seeing by going out and providing the service serving the audience first um and so do you think people would just give up too soon because they because they're not getting paid yet or 
or they haven't made the mindset shift to, to get paid? I would say that is actually an even bigger problem in that when people are starting, there's an enormous resistance to waste. Because that's how we operate in like a corporate world and in our family and in our life, like efficiency and everything moving towards a very specific goal. Um, but that only actually works after you've proven like that map. After the map's laid out, you can be efficient. Uh, in building your own business and being an entrepreneur, there is no map. We're just winging it. We're making it up. We're figuring it out. And even my exact path, I can't duplicate that for someone else. Um, you have to, every person, even if you're moving in the same general direction, there'll be unique things to it, but there's an enormous resistance to waste. And some of that is wasting time. Just this idea of, I'm going to waste time. I don't know if I want to try that. It might be a huge waste of time. I'm going to waste energy. It's going to take me in the wrong direction. I'm not going to be earning money. That's a waste of my energy. Um, I, I'm going to try this thing and it might not work out and that's going to be a waste. I'm going to go to this thing and maybe it's not exactly what I want it to be and that's going to be a waste. And I'm going to build these relationships, but maybe or maybe that will pan out. Maybe that won't and that'll be a waste. And the reality is, if you talk to people who are a few years in, even the things they crossed off the list aren't wasted. <laughs> you, can't, you can't waste good. Because if our goal is growth and relationships and learning and figuring it out, you, you still learned things. You still figured stuff out. If you're, if you're measuring those correct metrics versus hoping for specific outcomes, uh, we're such an outcomes-based society. It's like, if you say, hey, I'm trying this new diet, people ask you how it's going. And they're only asking one question. They're asking about one metric. Did you lose weight? They're not asking, are you learning what foods you enjoy? Are you learning what foods feel good when you eat them? Are you learning what gives you good energy? Are you learning like new ways of preparing things? All things that are essential to have like long-term success. They don't care about any of that. All they care about is, did you lose weight? Uh, and the problem is we can get to that one metric, did you lose weight? And skip over all of the important ones. Finding food we enjoy, finding things that give us good energy, finding things that like nurture our body. You know, just drink lemon juice and water and maple syrup for two weeks and you will lose weight. But you missed out on all the stuff that was actually valuable. I wanted to ask you, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I hear so much of the grit in the way you're talking about what you need to do as an entrepreneur. You have to just keep trying and not give up. I mean, it's something that, and you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with the fact that you're like, I spent a lot of money on this, this um, program. And I really, I learned some stuff. I didn't learn that much, but you know what? I, I met this great person. And now I'm on their podcast or whatever came out of it. You have to look for all the different ways you can learn from your experiences. Um, so I just like to hear that. And, and I, it's so important. And then two, when talking about clients, um, 
I have an interesting thing happening with me where clients are coming to me while I'm still kind of building out the process for them. And so when you were talking about the process of how you keep giving out content and then you get these messages like, hey, I need your help. I can pay. You're like, okay. You know, it's sort of like surprising. Like, that's great. I guess they're getting something from this um, process of sharing what I've learned and how I can help. But how do you know, like then for the testing and scaling again, I could definitely go that route with that person and say, hey, I'm going to start with this process. Um, and then again, will my takeaway be, say it say it doesn't work out. My takeaway will be maybe I learned this process wasn't the right fit for that client or maybe this process isn't the right fit for me or, or whatever it is. Like, is that still... Like I'm sort of I'm sort of answering my own question with your answer, but I needed to walk through the process with you. It's like when the clients are coming at you and you're still learning and you feel like you're getting at the place where I'm finally gonna make some income, but you still get stuck again sometimes. <laughs> I feel like you're trying to figure out, okay, so still which which are the ones that are working, which are the ones that I'm gonna stay with? And um, do I fall back on grid again, or is there any other insight you can give us on figuring out the one that's the right one? So part of testing and scaling is a test has to be discrete and that it has to be a specific amount of time, a specific number, um, a specific action. It's not just like, I'm going to walk in this direction for a thousand miles. Like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do one mile in this direction. We'll see what happens. And then we're going to, we're going to pause and we're going to evaluate and we're going to see what we learned and what we figured out in that. So one of the things I suggest with clients, because people get all sorts of wrapped up in this um, when they do client work of like, what should my pricing be? Like, how much do I offer? How many hours should it be? Like, do I offer additional supports? Like, uh, is this sustainable for the next 10 years? I'm like, whoa, (laughs) pull back on the horse uh, a little bit here. So my general framework for that is like, figure it out for the first three people. Figure out a price that will just work for the first three people. Figure out hours and a process that will work for this first three people. And then after your first three, you will have enough information. You'll have enough, um, oh, here's who I help. Here's how I help them. Here's the outcomes they get. Here's how much that's worth to this kind of person. Um, And after you do that, figure it out for the next 10 if you've, after you've done the first three, you can generally figure it out for the next 10, but just for that 10. This is not the rest of your life. This is not 10 years. My next 10 clients, here's what it's going to look like based on what I learned from the first three. And then after the next 10, you can usually project out for about the next 50. Um, and every 50 clients, uh, change it, switch it up. Um, because you've, hopefully in the process, because it's not a straight line, you've learned a few things, you figured some stuff out, you crossed a few things off the list, you added a couple things. um, And you just you'll, you know, you'll have the confidence and clarity because you've been doing it. Right. I would love to hear Kelly's take on that too, of the 50 clients, because I know you're in a big growth spurt right now, Kelly. Mm. Do you feel like it's waves like that? I love that like measurable piece of like do it for the first three and then the first 10 and then the next 50. I um, And you end up finding what you don't like. I think there's a lot of value in finding what you don't enjoy doing 
And then just being like, okay, I don't like doing that. And then you can like either not offer it or charge a ridiculous price. I always end up being like, um, and we've talked about this before, Jillian, where every time you grow, it's a stretch for yourself with price that you're like, I thought I did this. I thought I like got over this hurdle of charging for my services and it just keeps happening. You just have to keep like fighting against that resistance at different levels. And I'm always amazed. So I just raised my prices for my clients and I'm honing in even more on like who I can help the most and where things are at. And for me, it like feels astronomical, like the price I'm charging. (laughs) And what's crazy is that um, people are still booking. I'm still booking out way further than I like anticipated. And I'm also getting like um, more complex and like really honed in cases that are like challenging me in a newer level than I think I would have had before. Yeah. And it's like really fantastic. And then I can meet these people in really complex like layers where it's not just um, working with a high needs kid. It's like working with the parents that are like having a hard time. And, but it ends up being you end up finding who you like serve the most. And then you're like, everyone else is kind of like, um, not the best use of my time, (laughs) if that makes sense. And then those people that you match with the most, I think find you and like work with that. And they're willing to invest a higher level or work with all of that. So I think, um, Yeah, it's always surprising to me. I think it always takes a little bit of courage and a little bit of stretch. And I like that, like measurable for 50 people or 50, whatever that that's such a good. I like the three, then 10, (laughs) three, 10, then 50. People get get so stuck. They try to figure out what's going to work for the next 50 clients before their first client. And there's too many things that you you just don't know it yet. Like there's so many unknowns that there's no way you're going to have that clarity and there's no way you're going to have that confidence. Like now with my offer, I'm extremely confident in what I offer and how I offer it and the price I offer because I, yes. I see the results every single time and I see what that ROI looks like every single time. And I'm like, yeah, if this outcome is worth this much money to you, that's what I can do. Um, and I know yeah. and I feel pretty confident in it because that's what I do. But you just, you're not going to have that clarity before you start. So just start with the first three. I love that. Great. Um, yeah. So we would love to hear more about your offerings and anything you want to like share or promote on how people can connect with you. I know all of us have done coaching with you and some have done courses and obviously we're in love with the work you do and we would love like for people to find you. So how can they find you? And is there anything you're excited about that you're doing right now that you'd like people to be involved in? Yeah, I am at Jillian Johnsrud. Pretty much everywhere. That's my website. That's my Instagram. That's my Twitter. That's where I am on LinkedIn. I'm not doing Facebook right now. I'm taking a little hiatus, but everywhere else in the world, I'm at JillianJohnsRude.com. Um, 
And I would say, I would say going through my intentional course, I have a free 10 day course. That would be a really easy place to jump in. And I send you a free video every, uh, every day with a worksheet and just to kind of, it's not just business, but it's kind of that holistic lifestyle stuff. Starting to get a little mm. bit of clarity there um, is a really good place to start. Um, and if you like that, I have some some classes over at Camp Progress. That might be a good next step. Awesome. Well, we can't say thank you enough, Jillian. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks so much mm-hmm. for having me. It's like our treat. I'm beyond thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Changemakers. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Her Enterprise episode 015 with Jillian Johnsrud. I hope you are just as excited and wound up after today's episode. Jillian gave us so many great tips for pricing clients and how to grow and thinking about our worth and our value. But more importantly, I think the biggest thing was just talking about how there isn't any waste when you're learning. I know as an engineer, that's super difficult for me, but it's always good to hear that as long as you're learning, you know, and trying things and that If you try things, things will become clear. If you try things, you'll understand better what works, what doesn't. I mean, what more of a mind explosion could we get than that? Because that's what stops us. What stops us is the fear of failure and the fear of wasting time. And so learning that, you know, it's not failing because you're learning. And that's the important part. And if you keep moving forward, things will become clear. Thank you so much, Jillian, for joining us today. We are all so excited. You are like our fairy godmother. You brought us all together. The ladies from Her Enterprise are a woman's collective of knowledge, inspiration, and connection. We are changemakers. This is a podcast for the whole person. It is for you and your business. Let's grow. Let's flourish. Let's rise with Her Enterprise. Are you ready to be a changemaker? Hit subscribe.